My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Have a seat. For those of you who are listening on the recording, we are outside. If you hear birds and cars, that's because we are in what Galini likes to call God's Cathedral, uh, celebrating outdoor worship until COVID goes away and we can celebrate inside. So, in psychology, we have something we talk about. It's called observational learning. There's a man named Albert Bandura, and he said, how do children learn? So he filled a room with toys, and one of the toys in there was one of those blow-up clowns with sand in the bottom, and when you punch it, it comes back up, and the clown's name was Bobo. So when I teach my students, I, rem- I remember that. They both begin with a B, Albert Bandura and Bobo. Now, they made a video of a grown-up who went into the room and beat the stuffing out of Bobo, just wailed on the clown. Then they showed the video to children and put them in the room. Almost every child did what? Beat up Bobo. Bobo. Well, people said, Albert Bandura, children like to hit that clown. Who doesn't like to hit that clown and watch it bounce back up? It's not a fair experiment. He said, fine, I can fix that. So he made another video. And the woman beat up Bobo, and an older person came in and scolded her severely for treating Bobo that way. And they showed that video to the children, and guess what? None of the children beat up Bobo. Now, Albert Bandura said, and you've heard this, we learn more by seeing than being told what to do. Now, I tell you this because Jesus demonstrated for his disciples how to graciously fail in ministry. Did you hear the story? He went to his hometown, and I don't know if they heckled him, but they were talking right in front of him in the synagogue going, who does he think he is? He grew up with our kids. We've known him since he was this big. He has no right to come here and teach us that way. It's probably one of Jesus' biggest failures in ministry. And then what does he do? He takes the disciples and he says, okay, it's your turn. Go out by twos. And when they went out, I don't know how I feel about this. He said, I don't want you to take anything. No money. You can't stop at 7-Eleven and buy a Slurpee on the way. No extra clothes. No suitcase to go with you. No backpack, no money, and no nibbles. For the- Who goes on a road trip without nibbles? Never. He says, just go with your stick and yourself and share the gospel. And if you were listening, what happened? They went. Now, the reason I, I brought up the hippo and the honeybee is that I have a friend. He, he runs Christian Endeavor, and he says the church is filled with hippopotamuses. And people come to church, and they consume, and they consume the message, and they consume the Bible study, and they consume whatever it is we have available, but very few of us in the church are taking that leadership role and building something. And that's the challenge that he's really laying on the hearts of the teenagers with whom he works. You can't just come and consume, you have to build. Now the the writer, John Maxwell, says that anyone, I want you to hear this, 
anyone who has the ability and responsibility to influence the thoughts and actions of others is a leader. If there's somebody in your life over whom you have responsibility or the ability to influence their thoughts, which is anybody you talk to, then by definition, you are a leader. Now, you're going to be surprised at the shortness of this message, but I want you to to hear this. This is the eighth message I've preached in eight days. Your pastor's a little tired today. (laughs) Now, Bill Hybels likes to do what he calls the uh, four tests for leadership. And he builds it on the story of Peter and the boat. If you remember, Jesus, and I like this, Jesus was teaching on the lake of Sea of Galilee, the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd is getting so big, he, he doesn't ask, he just gets into the boat, and he says, Peter, row out a little bit. Well, son of God gets in your boat, I guess you should row out a little bit, and he rows out a little bit. Now, another person who writes about leadership is Tom Peters, and you may have heard this because people use it all the time. He says it's better to ask forgiveness than permission, right? So Jesus gets in the boat and out Peter rows. Peter has almost a front row seat because he probably is behind Jesus in the boat to hear the Son of God share the truth of God. That's exciting. Then they come back in and what does Jesus say? You know the story. Maybe you don't know the story. Throw your nets on the Right side of the boat. I love that. Throw them on the right side of the boat. And Peter says, we are professional fishermen. We know how to fish. But because you say it, I will. And he and his brother Andrew go out and they throw the nets over. And there's so many nets that the boat begins to take on water. They call for their partners, James and John, sons of Zebedee. They come out. Both boats are sinking with the weight of the fish. And they come into shore, and Jesus throws himself, Peter throws himself at the feet of Jesus and says, Depart from me, I am an unclean man. And then Peter separates the fish, and Jesus says those words that we've sung since we were little children. He says, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, right? I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. So if you're taking notes, Bill Heibel says there's four questions here. And these are the things he looks for in a leader. And I like this. The first one is, do they have a bias for action? Are they willing to do stuff? Because a leader is no good unless they are leading. If your leader is a hippopotamus and just consuming, then there's no place for us to go. The first test is the bias for action. Are your leaders willing to get up and do stuff? The second one is the willingness to act. Now, I want you to hear this. They brought the fish in, but somebody still had to sort the fish. And Jesus didn't give that instruction. Sometimes there's things that need to be done in the church that we don't put up on a list for a work day or You just have to look for the things in the kingdom of God that need to be done. I have a friend who pastors a very large church, and he will not start any ministry in his church unless somebody in the church comes to him and says, Pastor, I've been praying about this, 
And I think we need to start this ministry so that he knows that God has laid it on somebody's heart. They have a motorcycle ministry. And if you ride motorcycles, anybody ride motorcycles? Only the pastor? All of the good, and the pastor's wife, she rides on the back. All, all of the good motorcycle rides are on Sundays, usually Sunday morning. We can never go on a group ride. And one of the people in this church said, Pastor, we want to come to church. We want to go on group rides. Can I start a motorcycle ministry? And the pastor said, Sure. And sometimes they get 30, 40, 50 motorcyclists to show up to go on a group ride. Why? Because somebody had a willingness to act. The third test is, who gets the credit? Peter, James, John, and Andrew could have walked around and said, we could fish. We, could, we are the fishermen, right? All hail the fishermen. We have this big catch. Did you hear any of them do that? Now, all the credit goes to Jesus. And then Jesus says, well, you've been catching fish your whole life. I want you to have a bigger vision. There's something bigger than catching fish. And that is catching men. Can you catch the vision? I was talking to the youth pastor in charge of the church where I was this week. And he said what a lot of youth pastors say, and it just makes me crazy. And I let him have it politely. He said, Doc, I think we have a really good-sized youth group for your, our size church. I said, no, you don't. He said, what? And poor Vicki, she's heard this because I say this a lot to youth pastors. He said, but, you know, we've, we've got 12 kids when they all show up. I said, how many kids are in your local high school? And the two youth leaders, not the pastor, went like this. And they said, well, we just graduated about 600 seniors. I said, okay. And she said, well, we have 4,000 in the whole high school. I said, and you got 12 kids? I said, you are 3,988 children short. You've got to catch the vision. The sea is full of fish. And yet most of the church are what? Hippopotamuses. They're consumers not honeybees. So, if you've been listening, and I hope you have, you are a leader. Anyone who has the ability and responsibility to influence the thoughts and actions of others is a leader. That's every single one of us. If you were to take the test, the bias for action test, the willingness to act test, the who gets the credit test, and the catch the vision for the bigger picture test. Would you pass? Jesus says to us in the cathedral of God behind our church, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Amen.